On this week's episode of Polk and Cush, Zion signs an extension. The city council says what we're all thinking about LaToya, and we kind of celebrate the 4th of July. All this and much more, Polk and Cush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Cush. It is Thursday, July 7th, 2022, and the big man is back. That's right, everybody. Zion Williamson has resigned. That's why you're all here for this very special episode. I am Scott Kushner alongside my co-host, Mr. Andrew Polk. You did you say resigned or re-signed? Re-signed. Re-signed. That dash is very large. Got it. Yes. That's good. Zion Williamson will be getting paid uh possibly two hundred and thirty-six million dollars. But with inflation. <laughs> I wonder how it's going to be able to pay. You think that's enough to fill up the gas tank? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, uh, uh, in that regard, it's been a newsworthy week for the Pelicans. They had, I would say, the least interesting like free agency period in the entire NBA because they did not sign a single person. They didn't do anything. Uh, but they did get Zion. They did put an end to a lot of stuff. We will, of course, talk a whole lot about that. Uh, but... Since the last time we spoke, we've also had a holiday come and go uh, and a giant festival in New Orleans. What was your Essence Fest like, Polk? Um, I work in the French Quarter, so I was in the heart of it. (laughs) Uh Um, I caught some shows on Instagram. (laughs) Did you see the thing at Ivy's thing? Yeah. Yeah. Man, Toulouse Theater has been killing it. It's the former One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah. Uh, people are going to keep calling it One Eye Jacks uh, forever, yes. even though there's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuji's reunion. Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty, I mean, that's bitching. Who's your favorite Fuji? Definitely Wyclef. Yeah. He seems nuts, but definitely Wyclef. Nobody says pros. Nobody says <laughs> Was there only three of them? There were a few Fuji's. Okay. There but were a few Fuji's. There was... <laughs> Right, we're going to end the show just right there. That's the end. Um, like forever. Like forever. That's that was the end the, of the show. The last line of the show. We're just going to drop it hard, <laughs> and that's it. The last line of the show was Fugees. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, the uh, that's one of those bands that just kind of you don't ever, ever, ever think about, uh, but were awesome. Yeah. Do they have one album? Uh, I think so. Um, yeah, Lauren Hill, she's kind of an Andrew Polk type. You know, people say that she's difficult to work with, but it's because she's a genius. That like, true. there's a cost that comes with 
greatness. And sometimes it's you don't show up or, mm-hmm. you know, fights, scandals. <laughs> These things happen to people like me and Lauren Hill. And it's good. I mean, that, that was just really cool for, for Essence, for uh, Ivy, for Toulouse Theater, and for New Orleans. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the yeah, Lauren Hill is the only performer I've ever seen at Jazz Fest. They literally just pulled the plug on her. Yeah, she had like gone over set. She wasn't even the headliner, and they were like, "All right, like we've got to get the next band on the stage." Like, and they just like she's in the middle of singing, and they just yanked. <laughs> and this is what yanked the power from her. It was like, "All right, that's I don't know." That was a jazz fest. Uh huh. Well, she showed gotta, up like forty five minutes late. I mean, you got to make way for uh, the cowboy mouth with Vance to generous <laughs> reunion. <laughs> The radiators had their seventeenth going away uh, parties. Uh, the, I mean, if you miss the radiators at Jazz Fest, you only have two hundred seventeen <laughs> other chances to see them during the year. So yeah, you have to get Lauren Hill out of the way. Uh, yeah. And so I mean, was the quarter packed? Uh, you know, could you tell the difference during the typical work day? Not really. Yeah. It was, it was, there was the Ford uh, excursion in the parking lot across from Felipe's. Bitchin'. You could get in, you know, a Ford Jeep or whatever the fuck, (laughs) (laughs) whatever they have, and then drive around like some styrofoam mountains. I was just like, I didn't do it, but I'm watching it. Like, does somebody ride in a car at one of these (laughs) carnival sideshows and then go, you know what? I'm going to buy a Ford Focus now. I'm going to buy the Ford Focus because I drove it around the cones outside of Felipe's. I always have said that about going. So when you walk around Las Vegas, they literally have like dealerships in these like fancy malls, like the super high end malls. There's like Gucci stores and Louis Vuitton and whatever. And there's like a Ferrari dealership in these things. And I'm like, who is just walking through here being like, you know what I'd like to buy today? A Ferrari. Yeah. And then I asked somebody one time, I was like, is that a real thing? They're like, oh, yeah. Like, people buy cars here all the time. I'm sure they do. Like, you can't test drive them. You can't even hardly get in one. There's like two in the whole thing. And they're like, they just love, like, it's people with a lot of money and they happen to walk by. Like, you know what seems pitching? A Ferrari. I'll get one. <laughs> sure, I'll give you $300,000. That yeah. sounds good. You're on your way to Cinnabon. Yeah. <laughs> Get a Maserati. <laughs> I was like, this is insane. They're like, well, we've attracted all the rich people into one very particular area. This is a, let's go sell them all the things they might want. Now, I, di- I did see one band at Essence Fest. I saw uh, Bell and Sebastian. Uh, they were... <laughs> they were on the undercard? <laughs> yeah, it was them and uh, Travis. Being Travis. Why does it always rain on me? <laughs> Um, yeah, man, it was, uh, I, I haven't done anything in uh, a long time. Uh, so I didn't see literally a single shred of anything going on. I did experience many fireworks, uh, on July 4th. Uh, that seemed to be a, uh, you know, everybody said there was like a firework shortage or that they were going to be really expensive this year. There wasn't going to be as many. I noticed absolutely a zero drop off more lies from big firework yes it's they, like, the, like the crawfish people they say this to get us to go out there and find our local fireworks vendor mm-hmm. and load up on black cats exactly and, uh, you know that's the only brand of firework <laughs> the roman candles yeah the rest of them just have like sonic the hedgehog's picture on it and 
Who knows? Uh, yeah, all of my goober neighbors were uh, celebrating freedom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to whatever extent that means, it means, of course, scaring your veteran neighbors, <laughs> giving them flashbacks to Nam, and, uh, and terrorizing uh, every dog Mm. Um, just in the country dogs and babies not big fans of july 4th or new year's eve dogs babies and veterans yes that's that's the the that's that's who we're celebrating not celebrating the freedom for correct uh yeah man there's i mean it's crazy how many people are shooting these damn things off there everywhere and they really did say there was like a shortage it very is it's very reminiscent of crawfish season where every year they're like a bad winter. We're gonna have. It's gonna be tough to find crawfish this year. We're gonna have to jack up the price. And then every year, there's more than enough crawfish. They just happen to cost three times more than they're supposed to. I think you're explaining the uh, gasoline prices right now. That is also happening, according to Joe Biden. That is also what's happening with gasoline prices. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been uh, going around saying that there's a shortage on my. Dick, so <laughs> come and get it. Seeing if that would get it while it's hot. <laughs> not not quite the same crop as last year. It's going to be... It's going to be a tad more expensive to go this time around. It's going to be out soon. <laughs> Global warming. Um, I can leave that in. Yeah, sure. I might... Yes. Your family listens to this. <laughs> Together. Yeah. Like sitting around... Around the campfire. Sitting around yeah. the old-timey radio <laughs> like you're listening to War of the Worlds. With a Dakota ring, yes, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Uh, you know, I, I find uh, there to be uh, July Fourth to be a nice holiday because it is not a gift giving holiday. Mm-hmm. So it was a lovely time. It is also my birthday. Oh, uh, happy so birthday! Thank you. And so we got through that. I am a year older. Uh, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unless you're turning in a, a, a ten. No one cares. I am not. So did it? Uh, did it hurt your feelings at all this year to see so many people saying they weren't celebrating? No, I didn't see that. Was that a, th- a thing? Uh, in some circles, people were saying they were not celebrating the Fourth of July. When not you your say birthday. Some circles. That's Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know the real world. Yes. Well, people are like, I'm not. I have nothing to celebrate in this country, uh, but I am still going to drink 14 Miller Lights. <laughs> and pr- they still did the same thing. They just said it was a protest. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to listen to Bob Seger on a boat because I hate this country. Like, okay. Was that really a thing? People were saying they're not going to celebrate. Yeah. July 4th? Yeah. They decided to go into work instead. Well, they didn't. They, <laughs> I mean, they don't have job. You know, there's. There's no nine to five at the basket weaving factory that these people mostly work. I get it. You know, sure. Whatever. But boxcar philosophy doesn't take a day off. It's very much like the uh, I think everybody had like the cousin or maybe they were the cousin that at Thanksgiving would tell the truth about Christopher Columbus. (laughs) And now there's somebody that does that for every holiday. We're going to get to like Halloween and be like, you know, Dr. Frankenstein. was actually racist. And it's like, okay. Of so. course. Yes. Yes. Everyone Some... before 1995 was racist. Oh, yeah. And really. And, and quite a few since. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, and, and between 1995 and 2020, a lot more people were racist. Is on a different scale. Yeah, and low that, key. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what the kids would call it. I watched the Howard Stern movie. Have you seen Private Parts before? I have. It's on HBO Max right now. I was Jenna Jameson. Yes, she is in that. Uh, I didn't know. I don't know what else she's in. Um, <laughs> Wes <West laughs> Anderson movies. Mostly. She's in that movie, um, and in it, uh, Howard Stern is incredibly <laughs> racist, <laughs> and they're making it out to be like a, uh, you know, like a, a cutesy portrayal of his, you know, like come up mm-hmm. through the radio world. And in it, you're like, in 2022 standards, you're like, this guy is a monster. Dude, this guy would be like, all the sexual stuff would be actually kind of fine now. And everything else that he did would be like, he'd be off the air immediately. Oh, yeah. And now he's like, you know, hosting some talent show with Howie Mandel. He's like telling some kid he's good at the mandolin. It's like, I remember this guy put a microphone in like in somebody's vagina. <laughs> it's all. I mean, it's. It is it, in 1997. That was just not a thing, you know. In same, you know, really, all the way up to a very long point. I, I also saw the new Top Gun on July 4th. Oh, that's a very. The Top Gun is great. It first is. of all, they did an awesome job. No complaints about Top Gun. It does have a college brochure feel to it, though, where they're like, "We need one of everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get one of literally every kind of." race, creed, gender, whatever it might be, and we're going to put them all as the best pilots in America. I was yeah. like, is that really what the the Flight Academy looks like? I was like, I just, the, the nerd with glasses and the, you know, I was like, I, I just have a hard time believing that this is what this looks like. You know, the, the cre- like, I thought the most unbelievable thing about the Top Gun cast was that they were all super hot. Yeah. And, uh, also, they're all like twenty. Like I don't know a twenty-year-old that's good at driving a car. <laughs> I bet I feel like the age for like the best pilots is probably forty and up. People that have been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. These people don't know what a Tamagotchi is, <laughs> and they're leading the Top Gun program. I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Tom Cruise is sixty or whatever, uh, he didn't lose a step, man. Yeah. Uh, I found I was shocked how good it was. I it it was very good. I liked it. Like there was just nothing about it that I didn't. There was never like a ten minute stretch where I was like, "This sucks." Everything about it was good. I think almost everything has a ten minute stretch, including my own life, where I'm like, "This sucks." <laughs> this show, I think, right when, every time I'm talking, I'm like, "Here's a ten minute stretch where I suck." Top Gun, no 10-minute stretch where it sucked. Very impressed. I completely agree. And next week, we'll be saying this about Minions. (laughs) Rise of Gru. I I also saw... uh, I did not have to go see the Lightyear movie. My my wife... uh, You were there protesting, though, right? I was. It was... uh, You know, the the spacemen (laughs) were culturally insensitive, to be fair, (laughs) to the aliens. Uh, you know, I thought that was pretty mean how they portrayed cats. There were people that were upset <laughs> at the Lightyear movie. <laughs> no, there's a there was a same sex kiss in the Lightyear movie of the cartoon spaceman. Yes, there's another spaceman. Could be a space woman. I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I guess you won't. <laughs> well, I was I beat up the projectionist pretty good, so I can't go back. <laughs> 
people have got to get a life, man. Well, it's also like, how's this stuff getting out there? Like, somebody had to go, I guess somebody saw this movie. Yeah. They were, usually this stuff is in like the background. Because I remember people were upset at one of the new Star Wars movies. Not for being a terrible movie. Yeah. But for having like a lesbian kiss. And then I saw the movie. You have to have like a jeweler's eye. <laughs> have it on freeze frame. She's behind, you know, fucking R2-D2 and Jabba Juju. I just like I can't imagine pe- the way people give a shit about any. Now, granted, I was just talking about the racial diversity of the cast. Top Gun, but I wasn't mad about it. It just seemed a little unrealistic. Yeah, uh, you know, I was idea, trying to bail you out of that yeah, one. The, <laughs> went by, right back to it. <laughs> the idea that there's uh, you know two people kids like you know how many birthday parties I go to with gay parents. Like, is that too many? Like, it's not bad. You know, like, there's nothing to explain. There's nothing to whatever. Like, it's crazy. The idea that that's a controversy. It's like, yeah, Billy's got two dads. Like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Like, it's just we're beyond that where it matters. As again, if you watch private parts, the idea of someone being gay <laughs> is a pretty significant problem. Yeah. We watched Ace Ventura recently. <laughs> not great there were some ideas that didn't age very well <laughs> it is uh one that did age very well talking out of your ass yes that which w- is the precursor to every podcast yes exactly and speaking of talking out of our ass every time we spoke about zion williamson we mentioned that there's a chance that he might not be coming back and it turns out that we were wrong which is very good yes so good thing for the pelicans good thing for new orleans uh, Zion Williamson signs a five-year contract. The big news of uh, Wednesday's press conference was that there is no player option at the end of it. So Zion Williamson is locked in for the entirety of the deal. That is very rare for someone of his, his stature, uh, an all-star player on a rookie contract. Uh, obviously, some extenuating circumstances considering he did not play at all last season. Uh, so there is a lot going on there. But good for the Pelicans, good for David Griffin. That seems to be like a uh, pretty significant win in their books. Yeah, David Griffin is having a hot girl summer. He is knocking it out of the park left and right. I'm sure he's got sound bites of us loaded up, and he's listened to them and cackles, and he goes, those fools, those short, balding fools, as he plays the Phantom of the Opera organ. Uh, of course, it's a very good thing that we were, we never said Zion's not coming back. Maybe we did. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we alluded to at it. At some point. Yeah, Who hasn't? Of course. And now you got Kendrick Perkins going on TV and he's apologizing yeah. to Pelicans Nation. That's got to make the 11 people that listen to Kendrick <laughs> Perkins feel good. Anybody who was mad about what he had to say, uh, you know, that's on you, bro. The only people that should be mad at Kendrick Perkins are the people that work at the Golden Corral closest to where he lives. <laughs> that guy's a problem buffet guy for sure. Puts stuff in his pockets. Probably takes in a little bag. But Zion is going to be with the Pelicans for five years. He's getting a whole lot of money. Yeah. Even with the recession and inflation <laughs> he can walk through the airport and buy a ferrari that's true that is uh zion uh was all smiles today he did his press conference at the ymca on triad street which i thought was a really nice touch 
Uh, Willie Green was there. David Griffin was there. Trajan Langdon was there. Uh, definitely a celebration uh, and really does show how far things have come in the last six months where as much as they tried to kind of dodge it today, you know, let's be honest, like there was a chance things were not great. Uh, you know, Zion thought he was not going to miss a single game of the regular season. He missed the entire season and the playoffs. Uh, he very much, you know, was on weird terms with the team. He left for a prolonged period of time. They can kind of all the 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 narrative that they're spinning is that none of that ever really existed or that they had hard conversations, but they were necessary and they all kind of understood where each other was coming from. I don't think that was really the case. I think it was very tense. I think when you look back at it retrospectively, uh, that it does it, that it was probably true in the mm -hmm. end because you got to this end point. But if things had gone in a different direction, those conversations, those awkward tensions, whatever might have been a different thing and labeled a different thing. Uh, but they did get here, and that is ultimately the most important part. Yeah, what every New Orleans fan wanted to happen, happened. Yeah. And this won't be a conversation again if Zion plays the first 30 games of this upcoming season. Yeah. There's not going to be any talk of Portland. There's not going to be any talk of piano. There's yep. not going to be any talk of being in shape or not being in shape. Mm -hmm. uh, New Orleans has gotten what it wants. Um, no player option is unheard of yeah. um not just for you know a star of his caliber but this day and age small market team you know th there's a lot of uh answers to questions that we asked for a very long time it feels satisfying i think you and i you know are kind of naturally inclined to roll our eyes a little bit at the spectacle and there was obviously kind of some weird emotions today like you know, Zion uh, said something to Christian Clark about the piano thing, and there was kind of just like a, a nervous tension. That mm -hmm. I, I, I'm sure they they feel relief overall, and they want to just get over what the media has said about it. And I understand that. Yeah. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but they, they just want to move the fuck on and for people like us to shut up and watch yes <laughs> and, and and now they have the final say they've they hit the, all of all of the concern about it was leading up to this moment now it is not uh 2014 or 2015 where an extension automatically grants you you're going to at least get four years out of the guy or five years out of the guy whatever it is you know it's a five-year extension which starts the year after next. So they technically he is under contract for six more years. We all know in the NBA, though, as evidenced by Ben Simmons, by Kevin Durant, by Kyrie Irving. I mean, there's a countless examples now uh, of guys asking out whenever they feel like it. Uh, and it doesn't really matter how long is left on their contract. Uh, so it's not as if this is done forever. Uh but it is a very, very good place to be. And you would think, no matter what happens with Zion, unless his freaking leg falls off, that in the worst-case scenario, when he asks to be traded, you would be able to get a really good return for him. Yeah, and, you know, it's nice to not really have to think about that right now. Yeah. Um, Zion coming back to this team, and especially kind of the spectacle of today, 
quieted a lot of the Kevin Durant chatter, mm-hmm. which has been happening, I think, since the day after we recorded the last podcast. Yeah. Uh, Pelicans fans seem very divided and uh, yeah. wildly so over uh, getting the third or fourth best player <laughs> in the NBA to play on a team that was the ninth seed. That has never attracted a single good player. In the fake playoffs that didn't exist three seasons ago. <laughs> Literally, if this if the exact same season unfolded three years ago, they finished ninth and the season's over and everyone's like, well, that sucked. I guess Zion's, <laughs> I guess Zion's gone. I mean, literally, like... Uh, it is it is incredible uh what essentially four wins did for for this franchise and the way that everybody feels about them and it's not unfounded i mean they did play a lot better uh in the you know last 6 weeks of the season but brandon ingram was hurt a lot too brandon ingram missed like 12 of the last 17 games with injuries he missed he only played 55 games last year in the regular season like he was out a lot and I think there's just like this uh, amnesia about what last season was like until the very end. Even when McCollum was there, they still weren't very good until like a like basically a five or six game stretch essentially buoyed them up to the point where they could pass up all the other teams who were basically tanking. Uh, Houston was tanking. Oklahoma City was tanking. Portland was tanking. And Sacramento was goddamn terrible. And then they passed San Antonio, and it's like that was pretty much it, you know. Like that, it did not require much to get where they got. Then they won the two play-in games, which they deserve a ton of credit for, and they played the Suns way tougher than anybody thought they would. That all counts, but the idea that Kevin Durant would derail the franchise is so bananas, insane, and that's the vibe that comes off of. I feel like everybody in the fan base are like. We can't trade for Kevin Durant. He's a franchise killer. Like, what are you talking about? Kevin Durant wins in the playoffs, except for in Brooklyn, because everyone else was gone. Mm -hmm. He was great. He was great in Golden State. He was amazing in Oklahoma City. He is one of the greatest basketball players we have ever seen. The idea that, like, if the Pelicans really want him, that it's a bad idea. Like you don't think they're gonna do their home? You tr- you don't trust them enough to do their homework that he would fit with what they're trying to do. Yeah, and well, I think Gail's name was always attached to a decision regarding Kevin Durant when it should be Willie Green's name. Yes. Um, if Kevin Durant came to the team, there's not gonna be any resistance offline. Now, if we're talking True. about Twitter, yes, <laughs> which is where the resistance sits, right? That's you know Instagram comments and that's make believe land where people that can't get medicine go <laughs> to <laughs> say whatever pops into their mind. Uh, but the my whole point in bringing this up is that today kind of quieted these. Just, I don't know, needless, baseless rumors. Not entirely baseless, yeah. but just kind of a fantastical idea of bringing the second or third best active player to a city that uh, 13 months ago was spoken about in the context of losing an NBA franchise. Yes. Not just 
you know, having a shitty team, but not having a team at all. Or a city, not having a power grid. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good problem to have. It's funny to see people say, yeah, let's get KD. We'll trade Jose Alvarado, Garrett Temple, (laughs) Thomas Sadoransky, Fletcher Mackle. They can all go. And then we'll get KD and just give him some money or whatever, too. It's so wild when people are like, I, I, as long as they don't trade uh, CJ, Zion, <laughs> BI, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, then sure. And oh, and Valentunas. Yeah. Like, what planet are you guys on? Uh, now, the Pelicans do have a lot of draft picks they could give up uh, in a trade. I don't think they're going to trade Brandon Ingram because they love Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's like an insane idea to trade Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant. Everybody talks about what a bitch Kevin Durant is and he doesn't play. He played the exact same amount of games as Brandon Ingram last year. It ain't like, it's not that different. You know, he missed an entire season two years ago because he tore his Achilles trying to play in game six of the NBA Finals and got hurt. Because he should not have been playing because he was injured trying to play through it. Like, he's not some, like, loafing piece of shit. I mean, this isn't DeMarcus Cousins, you know? Like, he doesn't have a bad reputation. This is Kevin Durant. Uh, I just feel like it's getting lost in the weeds somewhere. And I'm not saying to Trey Brandinger. I get it. It just does feel like... It's being seen as this path for Brandon Ingram is he's automatically, because he's so good at 24, that he's automatically going to become Kevin Durant. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Not many guys become Kevin Durant. There's all kinds of guys who've been to one all-star game. And they're good players. They're on max contracts. And they can help. But they're not Kevin Durant. Uh, there are very few of those guys who have ever existed. And yeah, KD is 34 years old. But the idea that if the Pelicans want him, that that's not a good move, I find to be absolutely insane. Well, on a player-to-player level, yes, it's insane. If this was the New York Knicks, if this was Boston, if this was any team that had roots planted and a fan base, then, yeah, then it becomes ship off Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant. You know, the ceiling... For Brandon Ingram is a question mark. Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players of all time, not just currently. There is no, There has been no culture in New Orleans. Willie Green is a big facilitator of that. Yes. But if you don't have guys like Brandon Ingram, then Willie doesn't have anything to work with. It would, I, it would bring up a lot of problems that we were discussing on this podcast two years ago about the Pelicans to lose Brandon Ingram to bring in a fantastic player that doesn't give a shit about the city things that we've criticized zion for criticized other pelicans uh players for if this is nba jam yes trade kevin durant trade for kevin durant this is new orleans if you want the team to stay here you know i i i think this is maybe the point people were trying to make when they were talking about having having a young team grow it's not jose alvarado is not the future of the new orleans pelicans but an all-star player like Brandon Ingram is, mm-hmm. and if you give that away for one of the greatest players of all time, I mean, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot as far as what brought the Pelicans to a position to even obtain Kevin Durant. Sure, and I understand that point, and I understand how much people like this team, mostly based on recent history. I don't think a lot of people 
cared that much about Brandon Ingram midway through last season. I think people liked him. Uh, but he, let's not forget he basically dogged it under Stan Van Gundy. Uh, so did everyone. So did everyone, but I'm saying he was certainly part of the problem there. Uh, and then he was not able to kind of lift this team to the level that I think people were hoping he could when he was the guy before C.J. McCollum arrived. He certainly bought into the culture. He is the, uh, I would say he was probably the number one guy as far as shifting things around behind Willie Green. My point is that if Willie Green thinks that getting Kevin Durant would help this team, shouldn't we trust Willie Green in that decision? And people who were freaking out about it being like, no, you cannot trade any of these guys because you're going to wreck the culture of the team. It's like, this is the NBA. This isn't like a high school team. Like, guys come in and out. This is what is going to happen. Like, hell, you're adding Zion Williamson, who's going to be one of your most important players. If not, you're definitely your most important player. He didn't play a minute in that season last year. Mm-hmm. He was he had nothing to do with that culture that they built last year. So that alone is going to change things from the way it is. Um so the idea that if Willie Green thinks it's a good idea, I think you should be prone to believe in him, right? Yeah. Th- that's my general point. Everyone's like freaking out like, no, you can't do it. It's like, if he thinks he can do it, I think you should do it. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I don't think anybody would be terribly upset the first time they saw Kevin Durant in a Pelicans jersey. Yeah, they justify to themselves really quickly. I, you know, I would, they would. It it wouldn't be the end of the world, I guess. Uh, it would either be at the cost of Brandon Ingram, at the cost of Zion, yeah. or at the cost of, you know, anybody. In January of last year, who would you have said is like, the most popular <laughs> Pelicans player still on the team <laughs> at that time, <laughs> at that time, team. actively on the team playing every night. Who would you say is the most popular player? <sighs> I, I, I just said Josh Hart. Yeah. Josh Hart was the guy, right? I was trying to think if there was uh, a white guy, <laughs> Thomas. <Hederansky. laughs> I would have said Josh Hart was probably the most popular. And not because they're my favorite players, <laughs> but because that's what you move to Jefferson Parish and immediately that's where you go. Um, I can't even name one. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Josh Hart was Mr. Culture, right? And they traded him for CJ McCollum. And guess what? It was a goddamn good move. It worked out great. It was the smartest thing they did the entire season. Losing Josh Hart sucked. I think everybody admits, like, everybody would have liked to have kept him, but sometimes you have to trade people to get good players. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Willie Green understood that. He did it, and that's what happened. It's like nobody nobody has any memory of that occurring, and I guess it's because everybody kind of automatically respects CJ McCollum at a level somehow respects him more than Kevin Durant, which is insane to me um, because Kevin Durant is a much better player than CJ McCollum. But there is just a whole weird thing of like, people just don't want to do that deal. It's just such a talent disparity though, between the Josh Hart trade and a potential Kevin Durant trade for Brandon. Yes. If you're including Brandon Ingram, the, the the gap between Josh Hart and Brandon, I'm just uh, speaking exclusively to people talking about like wrecking the culture. Like they made a pretty significant move in that way. And it worked out just fine. Trust in Willie green. That's what I'm saying. Well, also if we're talking about Kevin Durant and the new NBA, 
It doesn't have to be this season. It could be next season. That's true, too. He's, That's true, too. He's fully available <laughs> for the rest of his career. Let's see how the new trio works, and uh-huh. if one of them's a rusty wheel, we'll kick him out. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the the worst part is not being able to see this group play together at all because I think everybody is excited that this kind of organic thing came together. Everybody likes this team. Everybody likes this roster. Everybody wants to see what it looks like with Zion and to not get to see it at all. I do think is a little. And there's there's been so much, you know, there's been uh, so much backed up. Uh, desire from wanting to see like Drew Holiday in uh-huh. Zion. I know. Wanting to see anyone in Zion. Yeah. Like it's it's it would be frustrating to keep kicking that can down the line. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so a lot to talk about with this team. I do find it very interesting. Summer League starts. I believe their first game is Saturday night, so you'll get to see Dyson Daniels. We'll have a lot of talk, Summer League talk coming up next week. We'll get really into it, like in game-by-game game breakdowns of Summer League. That's what we're all about here on Pokemon mm-hmm. Kush. Uh, you know, going through advanced stats uh, <laughs> those games. Uh, in the meantime, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with some local news and, of course, the worst of the week. So stick around. Ale on Oak Uptown's finest patio, over 30 beers on tap, full menu, friendly staff, and all of the local sports on TV. Not a ton of local sports right now. Don't worry. They've got the MLB package. They will put it on whoever you want to see. Dodgers. Blue Jays. I've been watching the Blue Jays a lot just because I've been gambling on them. Yeah, how's that working out? Uh, it's about 50-50. <laughs> Tends to be how baseball is. Ale on Oak, Gambler's Paradise. Mm-hmm. That's my unofficial nickname for it. <laughs> and you can go out there, and they've got a shaded patio, big fans, and you can cool off with a uh, Paradise Park. Mm. Locale. Sure. Local, <laughs> locale. They do have a locale version. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. You can buy a light domestic. You can buy any types of the thirty beers they have on tap. And when you're drinking eight beers at a time, locale <laughs> is what you'd like to do. Ale on Oak. Check them out. They are right off the streetcar line. Off uh, what's that street? That's Carrollton. Yeah, <laughs> they're on Oak Street, right off Carrollton. They got a full menu. You can get dinner there. Uh, you know, I'll, if you want somewhere between uh, one and 35 beers, I can't think of a place that I would rather be than Ale on Oak. Uh, they'll also, I'm sure they'll show the Summer League games. Yep. I think they're all nationally televised, so I'm sure. Pat I was watching guys, Memphis earlier. Yeah, so I'm sure Pat and the guys will get uh, those games on if you want to go gamble on Summer League basketball. You can go to Ale on Oak this week <laughs> and see Trey Murphy. Uh-huh. Dyson Daniels. Uh-huh. Gorbach Murkovich. <laughs> whoever. Uh-huh. Jose Alvarado. Zordon Vandalay. <laughs> all the greats. You remember them from college basketball that we all watch. <laughs> that you definitely watch. Maybe that guy who looked like Borat in that Southeastern UNO game we went to, maybe he'll be in the summer league. That guy was great. <laughs> really good he was really good six man for southern he was a killer 
And he did look like Borat. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll be there. Maybe he'll be at Summer League. Who knows? <laughs> he'll either be at the bar or he'll be at Summer League. That 81, much I promise Oak Street. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. I like Ale on Oak. You know, it's a good summer beer. The, uh, the Anchor... The Anchor, like, lemonade beer. Oh, yeah. Anchor does that, like, steam beer. Yeah, Anchor steam, yeah, yeah. The lemonade, it's like the summer shandy. Mm. Quite refreshing. Yes. I bet they have it at Ale on Oak. I, I bet they do. Remember when Coors Light used to have, like, a Coors Light lemon thing? I don't know what happened. They were, like, on super sale because no one bought them. And I, I ended up somehow with, like, six cases of it. And I would try to give it away at everything. I'd have people in my house for everything. And uh, this was like seven years ago. And no one would drink it. I mean, no one would drink it. And I don't think they've had it since. And I think when I sold my house, there was still like 24 of those beers sitting somewhere inside. That's the Jansen method. <laughs> Leave a bunch of lemonade beer in the house. It'll sell itself. I'm sure it still tastes lemony fresh. Oh, oh man. Uh, well, Ale on Oak might be the best thing going on uh, in the city of New Orleans, but we also had a lot happening. As we mentioned, Essence Fest uh, was this week. And Janet Jackson, she was there. She was there. Lil' Kim. Uh-huh. Uh, she, uh, she performed. So what's the Essence crowd? Is it mostly older? Is it like the Jazz Fest of urban festivals is that like what we're going is that what they're going for it doesn't seem like it's the travis scott whatever like doesn't seem to be a terribly young crowd it's not uh it's not whatever that festival is called the travis scott festival sicko mode yeah festival (laughs) yeah and it's not so it's not the coachella of hip-hop no i think it's mostly guys in like steve harvey suits Uh, Mays and Frankie Beverly. Yeah. 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 Uh, my personal favorite, uh, Jeffrey Osborne, <laughs> sings On the Wings of Love. No, I, I, Janelle Monet was there. She was in one of the photo booths at uh, one of the places I work at. Nice. Yeah. The uh, I mean, it's a, like, when they were ringing out the net, like, Kevin Hart was there, I think. Yeah, Kevin Hart was there trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a huge freaking festival. Yeah. I don't think I ever fully grasped it until I was like, God, this name, the names they've got coming here are fucking nuts. There were a lot of uh, good comedians. Earthquake, uh, he was there. Sam J, and you know, you mentioned Kevin Hart. Who's who's funnier than Kevin Hart? Other than everyone. <laughs> As a stand-up comic, what's our take on Kevin Hart? Uh, I mean, he's a he's an actor. Yeah, that uh, now does comedy, so people see his face more often. Was he always an actor doing comedy, or was he a good comic? And then, as he became famous, he became less good at a comic. Classic story of yeah. good comic that became rich and famous, and yeah. could only talk about being rich and famous. Yeah, like uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt, those guys just talk about how rich and famous they are now. Yeah, Tom Segura is heading into that territory, yeah, too. Tom, I mean, Tom, all these guys hang out with Burt Kreischer. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, are we that rich that we're going to act like he's funny? Is that how, is that how rich we are that we're going to pretend the shirtless guy? You want to talk about Howard Stern? That guy is a complete Stern ripoff. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. The next time somebody tells you somebody's funny, go, yeah, what's your, what's your favorite joke? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite? Yeah. What's your favorite Kevin Hart joke? Yeah. Jumanji? Yeah. It's the one where he makes the face. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I think I haven't seen a Kevin Hart stand-up in over a decade. I remember thinking it was funny. I do remember, though, one time listening, like, it was on, like, Sirius XM Comedy Channel, and uh, listening to Kevin Hart is, like, the worst like, 90% of it is just his facial reactions and the way he stomps around the stage or whatever. Yeah. And listening to it was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, you can't tell anything of what's going on. And uh, so I would highly recommend not listening to a Kevin Hart set if you want to check it out. Yeah, it's kind of... It's like Frank Caliendo. Yeah. You got to <laughs> see him and even... <laughs> And even then, it's still like, all right. <laughs> One guy makes a lot more money than the other, but yeah. Uh, no, and then, uh, of course, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, the vice president of the United States, uh, arrived. Yeah. Uh, and she gave a speech. I don't really know what about. I can guess. Uh, I'm thinking something about abortion, something about inflation, and something about voting rights. Yeah. But I don't really know. Um. I mean, you guys, uh, if you're lifelong fans of the show, and who isn't, you know that I'm a designer, I'm a graphic designer, and uh, yeah, I designed the background for Kamala Harris. Did you really? No. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I was really surprised. I was, I was like, whoa. leading into how New Orleans, Louisiana was misspelled on the background. Was, I didn't see Right that. behind Kamala's head. No way. L-O-U-S-I-A-N-A. <laughs> and then people were like, well, that's how people say it. Like, doesn't matter. <laughs> no. So hopefully uh, somebody got fired for that. <laughs> I Nobody gets it. fired Nobody anymore. Nobody gets fired. Got no one to replace them with. Uh, yeah, she uh, talked about, you know, all the stuff going on and how the bad stuff is somebody else's fault and the good stuff's uh, their fault. Oh, man. It's like a politician. Yeah. So yeah. it was I a lot of fun. I'm I love sure, I'm sure uh, LaToya was just like peeking out <laughs> from behind the backstage. <laughs> Her eyes are just over the <laughs> You think she was wearing like a, like a disguise, like one of those like plastic mustaches trying to sneak back there and meet her. <laughs> Uh, Toya did a lot of dancing this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> she was seen several times. Uh, yeah, just cough right in my face. Don't yeah, cover uh, it at all. Know, it's 2022. We're fine. <laughs> okay, surely we're okay. We have recorded episodes during when like people thought COVID was the thing that would kill you. Uh huh. And you were like, I've, I, you know, everyone I know has COVID. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, let's no, just like, record no, doing that. <laughs> we're just coughing right in your face. Um. Yeah, Latoya did a lot of dancing this weekend. Uh, you know, people are getting shot seemingly every day or carjacked, mm -hmm. and she continues to, to be the ambassador to the city's party scene by uh, being out till 3 o'clock in the morning. She was one I saw wearing some booty shorts, uh, dancing around. Do we care anymore? No. I don't uh, think I care anymore. Yeah, give the... I'm sure she gave the key of the city to Cupid or whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing left to say. Who who cares? I mean, she doesn't care. So why should we care? No, there's not. They're not going to do anything about it. I saw the city council uh, came out. Uh, they were very mad at Latoya, saying that she's essentially keeping the uh, stats for crime uh, under wraps, and they're mm -hmm. not really doing anything. Uh, basically, in an attempt to save visitors, and it's like, well, the visitors who are coming here. 
they haven't looked very hard if they're still coming here. I mean, right. the news that's out is pretty bad as is. Uh, so I don't think they should be too terribly concerned uh, about that. Uh, but it did, it was nice, I guess, to see uh, J.P. Morrell, to see uh, Helena Moreno, both kind of going after the mayor and saying like, hey, you know, shit's really bad. You should probably do something about it. I thought that was a nice step to see from our city council. Yeah. And, you know, when LaToya gets back from Barbados, someone <laughs> probably tell her about it. Maybe. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the person who speaks for the mayor responded to uh, Helena and JP's uh, ire with the city. And I read the response and it was it was like a mad libs for uh political nonsense yeah and she referenced a holistic approach oh, to boy. healing the city which uh you know i've i've dated some women that talk about holistic stuff uh-huh so she's going to be burning sage uh <laughs> In on the East Bank in East New Orleans, she's implementing a crystal defense fund. And um, when people uh, get arrested now, they're not going to go to prison, they'll get a star chart. <laughs> That's right. That's with the, the it's such a great thing to say as a politician be like, we need a holistic fix. It's like, if we fix education, then we it's like. Well, that's a solution that you know you won't be around to see. Mm -hmm. So you can continue to just sign and say that will happen, and you know it won't happen. It's like, yeah, we'll get the roads fixed once we get the priorities right. It's like, no, you're not going to ever do that. Just say that you're not going to do it. Uh, and uh, the holistic approach is perfect because it's just saying – Everything is fucked up, so we can't fix anything. Yeah. Uh, because if we prioritize one thing, that means that we will not fix the other things, which we're also not going to fix. But uh, holistic approach—that is a—that's uh, a rich statement from them. Well, it's it's a it's a word that lets you know immediately because the first time I heard somebody talking about holistic approaches, it was like a crazy aunt talking about drinking uh, apple cider vinegar. <laughs> to cure her gout and this is kind of the same logic it's like yeah i guess it's it there's something mm -hmm. it's it's not the worst thing you could be doing <laughs> yeah, there. is it gonna do anything no is it gonna make you feel better yeah, yeah. all right it's like wishing it was so yeah uh, i mean so, something and something thoughts and wishes <laughs> Uh, there, it does seem increasingly like there is, uh, no real care, uh, about the, uh, siege of issues that are occurring. Uh, but it is good to see that at least the city council is trying to do something. Uh, I don't know what kind of power they have to change things. Uh, certainly it seems like the NOPD needs a shakeup. It seems like the DA's office needs a shakeup. It's certainly the mayor's office needs a shakeup. There's a lot. Uh, there, but it is good to hear at least somebody expressing frustration because I imagine everyone there is not a single person left except for, you know, the criminals uh, who are is not at least a little bit frustrated with the state of things right now in New Orleans. Well, the JPSO uh, is doing just fine. They actually caught a criminal. Hey, um, let's see this story. It looks like the perpetrators 
went to the worst place mm-hmm. to try and outrun the police. Yeah. The causeway. <laughs> the two-lane road to nowhere. Yeah. That was not a good idea. These uh these were This is good though because uh some some people were caught in Slidell, the Slidell uh police chief or sheriff, I'm sorry, I don't know which one was like, "Hey, we said don't bring that shit to Slidell." <laughs> The hope for New Orleans is we chase them to the parish line. And then once they get over there, it's like, all right, you guys, you got it? There's got to be like some incentive. Like, hey, if you committed some crimes, I heard that Slidell's a good place to go. And then they're going to go over there and get arrested by a functioning police department. Here's a free bus ticket. Yeah, don't send them back. Don't send them back. I don't know what the, I don't know what the jurisdiction is, but don't send them back here. Unless you want to see them again. <laughs> Just give out some free bus tickets, go change some locks, and I think we're going to be fine. I think that's 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 probably the solution here. Why would you drive to the causeway if you were trying to run away from the cops? It says they led the police on a day-long chase, which, I mean, with gas prices, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Did they stop at Sam's Club halfway through the chase? <laughs> there was a kidnapping, right? Yeah, these were suspects in a kidnapping. Yeah. Um, and, but- you know, it's important to... To use the correct vernacular here. These are suspected kidnappers. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, often the innocent are driving away for an entire day. Uh, and then, yeah, they went to the bridge. And and there's literally no... Wor- they, I mean, I guess driving into the lake would have been worse. But the bridge is the second worst place to go if you're trying to escape the police. This was uh, the all-day pursuit started at 7 a.m., when somebody called from an apartment in Metairie a few blocks from the mall, according to JPSO, several people forced their way inside the apartment and demanded money. The suspects searched the apartment and then kidnapped a 17-year-old boy. That's like the movie Taken. It's pretty sweet. Kind of. <laughs> it's really intense. That is intense. I have a particular set of skills. Yes. Driving around all day. <laughs> And, of course, reading one of the things, the worst thing that I saw this week, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite part of every single week on this year's program, the worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The worst. This is the worst thing I saw or read this week. This comes uh, from Mirror, which is out of the UK. How's that website? Can you read it? Uh, I can read it. The pop-ups have not engulfed it quite yet. Uh, Bakery threatened with legal action over discriminatory cheese sandwich name. (laughs) Do you want to post some guesses? No. No. I can only get myself into trouble thinking of discriminatory cheese names. <laughs> the Bridge Bakehouse was asked to make a public apology and donate to a village church after a customer took offense when the bakery named a sandwich Jesus Christ. Good. What? This is a really old joke. 
What? Someone uh, got mad about that? A baker has been blasted for naming a sandwich Jesus Christ with one angry customer threatening to take legal action over it. The bakehouse learned it may have caused offense after receiving a letter claiming that there was a discrimination case against Christians. While the letter falsely claimed to come from a religious advocacy group, it appears the pun has left some seething. One guy. One. One guy. One guy. One guy. We're talking about it across the pond. (laughs) Like a bunch of dopes. Well, the one guy made like a fake... A Christian advocacy group called Christian Concern, mm-hmm. and then sent a letter to this bakery. What kind of bakers are reading their mail? I, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> bakers have the weirdest hours, right? Yeah, I feel like they don't interact with the real world at all. They're getting there at two a.m. Yeah, when you're closing, you're getting the mail. I guess I don't know. Why even bother? Could you imagine? They had a large sign out front, and someone tried to cover up the Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) The passion of the Jesus. Their their Facebook post is pretty funny, too. Whoever has tried to cover up the Jesus Christ sandwich with white paint, can you please not? (laughs) We really can't be bothered to check the CCTV, and it wasn't done in the dead of night by Zorro. We are going to be highly disappointed. So they're taking it in strife, which is funny. Jesus uh, Christ, uh, the first time I heard this pun regarding food, it was Jesus Crust, and it was like Little Christ Pizzeria. It was like a gag t-shirt you could buy at Spencer's Oh, okay. in like 2002. I've never heard that before. Jesus Crust was oh, that one. Okay. That seems like a shirt that... Andrew Polk of 2002 might have worn. After I got done straightening my hair. (laughs) You better believe it. Yeah, it says Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, get it, Dad. (laughs) I I mean, what a legal action. What's the legal action? I don't know British law that well. Discrimination against Christians. That is not discrimination. Nothing about you're not allowed. You're not not allowed to buy it because you're Christian. Yeah. Who are the Jews? <laughs> I'm not allowed to buy this. Uh, they have other wacky names also. It's not like you know it's a ham sandwich and then the body of Christ uh, gelato. Like they all have wacky names. There's. Let the beat drop for uh, a beat sandwich. Mm. The Joey Tribbiani. Yeah. What is it? Oh, that's from Friends. Yeah. They like to eat sandwiches. Yeah. The Jews control the weather. Corned beef sandwich. <laughs> uh, are you chicken me out? That could be sexist. <laughs> the chicken broth child. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this is another case of white people that <laughs> want to be victims really so badly. Just need a hobby. Want to be a victim in the worst way and need to find a thing. There are sandwich shops I feel victimized at, but they it's not because of their sandwich names. No. no. It's because of the food. When well it's uh when I go in the deli and they treat me like an asshole. <laughs> 
There's a certain place I might be thinking of where their their claim to fame is that if we treat you like shit, you're going to think that you're a special customer. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Next time I'll just go fuck myself instead. Nope. Nice acid bath shirt, though. <laughs> but it's cool because the tables aren't separated, so I have to sit next to some stranger with COVID. You know what I me. feel like at a, at a place that welcoming? Sitting next to somebody. <laughs> it's really about the camaraderie. All right. <laughs> On that note, that takes us through this week's episode. Thanks, as always, for sticking with us. Uh, we do very much appreciate it. Follow us uh, at Polk and Kush on Twitter. Polk's still active on there and rocking and rolling. We've got... Uh, you were back on Twitter for two days for the Kevin Durant stuff, and everyone told me I'm a douchebag and a loser and uh, trying to fucking kill everybody. Should tell them uh, to listen to the show. Yeah, so right. I was like, yeah, poking cush. That's that's where you can find the loser takes. Um, like, rate, subscribe at poking cush, poking cush at gmail You're not gonna tweet us. You're not gonna email us. Well, who am I talking to right now? If if you're still listening, people to this, do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> if you're I'm to just this, the one. Blink twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't turned off your car yet and you can't read your phone and this is still on. Uh, anyway, thank you all so very much. We do love and appreciate every one of you. We will be back next week right here, Polk and Cook.